Welcome to the Must Love Self Podcast. My name is Carly Israel, and I'm your host. Every week, I get to interview a beautiful, courageous, strong woman who is willing to share her ugly and beautiful with the world. Must Love Self is a podcast, a movement, and a decision. It is about women lifting other women up, women holding each other women accountable, and women finding their way along this path. I hope you enjoy. La, 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 la. I have a surprise for listeners. I tricked one of my bestest friends into jumping on a Zoom call, which was also known as an interview for Must Love Self because she was never going to schedule if I told her to. Alana, say hello to everybody. Hello. I have. So Alana and I have known each other since we were little girls in Temple and we reconnected when we became young mothers. And she is one of my ride or die besties. And she is someone who I value and look up to because her strength and beauty inspires me in ways that she probably will never know. So I'm excited to have her here. She probably wants to kill me right now. And I'm okay with that. Since you did not get the opportunity to say yes to this interview, why are you still on this call? Because I love you. And, and really, because I have been listening to your podcasts for the last four, five weeks already. Has it been five? I've listened to five. And they are getting better. And every woman I've listened to, I've taken away a nugget that's just filling my life with awesomeness. And I, I walk away with happiness after. And I feel good. So who doesn't want more of that? So maybe, just maybe, there's something that I can share today that someone else will listen to that will walk away and say, hey, that girl brought me some some of that. Well, I believe 100 million percent that that's going to happen, which is why I asked you. So before we start with anything else, one thing I think it's important is to stop pretending our age is not our age. How old are you? I am 42. I am two weeks older than you. (laughs) Tell me, have you ever been uncomfortable with your age? No, never. Did you ever know women that are or that lie about it? Sure. I don't know why. I actually, I think that's a really good question. I think always I've been so secure with, with my age that it's always been questionable for me. Now I'm only 42. So Maybe as I get up there, maybe I won't be as secure, but I feel like as I age, I get better. Yeah. I mean, right? isn't it silly? Could you imagine if like somebody lied about their job or lied about where they live? They're like, no, I live in Tennessee. And I'm like, no, you don't. You don't live in Tennessee. Why are we lying about like a basic fact about ourselves? It makes I know. no sense. But it's because society and our own beliefs are telling us that it's not okay to be older. Right. Ridiculous. Like, is it because the wrinkles on our faces are embarrassing or the saggy boobs that we have are embarrassing. Like what part of it doesn't match up and for whom? So here's the question. So let's say start with the outside stuff. So let's say we don't like the way our body's looking anymore, or we don't like the way our face is looking, or we don't like what it means to be at this point in our life, but to who like, Mm -hmm. 
if we, you just said you like yourself better, the older you get. And so do Mm -hmm. I, and I feel like I know myself better. So why do we not want to own that? We're going to do a scale because I know you love scales. Alana, I'm going to totally blast her out and hopefully she won't be mad. I know you've done Weight Watchers before and Mm -hmm. you and our other friend have talked about how you would take your watches off to do your (laughs) weigh-ins, right? Why do you take your watches off? Because it would take ounces off my body. So much. And I would be like, what? But I have to tell you that I don't believe muscle of self is only about body stuff. I just believe it's the easiest thing for us to start talking about. So that's where we're going to start. So I want to know on a scale of one to 10, one is I'm a monster to myself, 10 is I'm aware I'm pretty awesome. What would you rate your body image today? Probably a six. What is the lowest number it's been? A three. What is the reason why you're a six today? I'm not in the best shape. I don't get to exercise the way that I would like to. I have physically, my, my back won't allow me to, but I would rather be able to stand up and do what I have to do than put myself in bed all day long. So, so I'll take what I can get. So is your not in the best shape still about like, you don't like the way your body physically looks, or is it more like that you do, because you have medical stuff that you're going to talk about probably at some point, you want your body to be able to move because you've also been in a place where you've laid on your back and not been able to. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, it's like, I don't like that mushy feeling. I like it when things are tighter. Right. And I can get to that place without a lot of work going to the gym three days a week, you know, and an hour at a time, I can just be fit or walking outside just to be fit. And I'm not talking about like those people that you see in the magazines, in the, uh, in the health magazines. I don't need to look like that. There are people that want to, but I, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm just mushy right now. And does um, mushy for you equal not feeling healthy? No. Or is it a judgment thing? Like, I don't like the way it's, it's, a, it's a total judgment thing. Okay. And when you were a three, your lowest number three, what was going on in your life at that point? I had just had my last baby, which was my second child. And I think I was with you and our other friend and baby was not with me. And somebody asked me when I was due. Uh, I've done that one time to a woman before. And it was one of the worst moments. Basically, there's like, you know, there's comedians that say like, unless you see someone crowning, don't ever say anything. Right. Right. And I was like, oh my God, how, how stupid, like what's the matter with you? And so your brain was not able to be logical and say like, Alana, you just had a baby, like get over yourself. You took it personally. Totally. What would you rate your worth in terms of your ability to know that you are worthy of being treated with kindness and respect that you are worthy of loving yourself as you are? What would you rate your worth today? a nine. That's awesome. There's some things I always want you to have more worth on. Like when you said, I hope that maybe I can say something that'll help someone else. F that you can, you've been through so much. You have so much to give. And I want you to walk around knowing that what is the lowest your worth has been? I mean, I've come a really far away. So probably a three. And what was going on then? Relationships with other people where I didn't feel I was deserving. Oh, that's such a good word. Deserving. Yeah. What was going on without getting into details of the the people that made you feel not deserving? And was it deserving of their approval, affection, attention? 
affection for sure and worthiness. Like I felt worthless things that he, he would say to me, like, you know, you're no good. And if you ever, if you left, if you ever left me, you're going to be sitting on the ground all day petting your dog and you're not going to have anything after me. Well, if you turn that around and you think about it, no, I'm sorry, sir. Actually, it's the, it's the reverse. He was afraid that I, that he wasn't going to have anything without me. So I, I had to flip it in my brain. Something was wrong with me at the time that I thought I wasn't worthy. So you're talking about a bad relationship. Can you give us a little bit? Is this when you were engaged? Yeah. Yeah. So you were engaged to somebody on the outside paper looked awesome, right? Yeah. So this is such an important one, Alana. I'm so glad you're talking about this. We don't talk about this enough, in my opinion, especially as women that we, and I've been totally guilty of this myself, that we allow ourselves to be in relationship with people who treat us poorly. And it's because we don't believe we are worth being treated better. Yeah. Or we're afraid of being alone or the person's trying to emotionally manipulate us. And they're like, you're always going to be alone. No one's ever going to want you. And that's exactly how it was. So yeah. what made you believe that lie that you should stay? Um, well, I actually, it, it was that it was the opposite. I, I stopped believing the lie that I should stay. And I started believing I would be so much better off if I left. I worked up enough courage to get out, to say to myself, you know what? I will be so much better off by myself than I would be with you. And I left and it changed my life and it's changed everything I do. And it, it, I found my other half and I'm happily married for uh, 17 years and I've got two beautiful children. And, and if I hadn't worked up enough courage to say I'm worth it, then I would have been stuck. Did people in your life know what was going on or did you keep it a secret? Yeah. Yes, for sure. They knew. So my sister knew. Um, she was super intuitive and she came to visit me and she went home and she, she tattled. She told my mom and she said, mom, something's the matter. Things are not right with Alana and this person and something has to be done. But my mom, my parents didn't want to meddle too much because you, when you're young, you, when you have children, you know, if you meddle too much, they sometimes do the opposite of what you want them to do. So you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink, right? So I had to come to it on my, on my own. Well, it started becoming physically abusive and that's when things changed for me. I was pushed up against a wall one day by my throat. And uh, the next day I called my mom and I said, you need to come get me. I cannot marry him and I need you to bring some empty suitcases. Come help me pack up and get me out of here. And she said, when do you want me to come? And daddy and I will support you. And we've got your back, kiddo. And that was that. You know, it's a couple of things. Number one, what a great inspiration that you are, that you were able to do that. I've heard so many stories of women that knew they needed to leave and they kept going back for so many reasons. And a lot of times when women want to leave, especially in an abusive situation, they end up being abused more or killed. And yeah. so the fact that you were able to get away is so amazing. But the other bonus is 
you now have evidence for the rest of your life that you can walk away from something that you thought was supposed to be your life and be okay. Yeah, it totally. And it also gave me the ability to follow my gut. Mm. So ever since then, I know that when my gut tells me something is wrong, I run, I run and I don't stop. I don't look back and I keep going. And there are times when I know something is wrong and somebody will say, no, you're crazy. Nothing's wrong. Nothing's wrong. But I know deep in my gut that something is wrong. And literally nine out of 10 times, I'm right. When the other people are saying, you're wrong, you're wrong. I'm right. And I, and I follow it. So I think it's really, really, really important that as a woman, you follow your gut instincts. They're there for a reason. And you know, what's so interesting about that is a hundred percent agree. And I think that for me, as I get older, the more I'm capable of doing that, there was so much internal doubt and people on the outside that were verbally doubting me and that were saying like, no, you're wrong. But today I would rather be wrong air quotes uh-huh. and listen to that than be dead wrong or have right. made a mistake that I can't fix. And I need to trust that. I love that so much. I want to get your number on your own ability to use your voice, not for your kids, because this is a fierce mama bear who will do anything for her kids. What is your ability to use your voice to advocate for Alana? (laughs) So that totally depends on the situation. So what's, Uh, what is your best number? My best number is, I guess, probably a seven. And that's with like who? People I'm closest to. Like your husband? Yeah. Your, your sister? Yeah. Your parent? Yep. I stew, yeah, I stew in it for a long time. I think about it and I process it and then I, I work it out in my head and yeah, it takes me quite a while to get there. Without getting into specifics of who, what is the lowest it can be today when you know you need to use your voice, but you don't want to? Uh, Two. And what is the reason why it's so low? Because I don't want to get into it with the person. You don't want conflict. Or people. Yeah, I don't like conflict. Is it that you don't want the actual conflict or is it that you don't want to feel yucky that you use your voice and someone doesn't agree with you? No, I don't like the actual conflict. And then the aftermath. Yes. And all the other people's feelings and all that crap. Yeah. It's not their feelings. It's my feelings. <laughs> right. Exactly. Like, because it feels so yucky, right? Yeah. I want to go back to when you were a little girl. I want you to tell me in the best way you can what you saw about what women were supposed to be like, act like, look like, positive or negative. I feel like my earliest memories of what people were, what women were supposed to look like was getting ready on the high holidays. Like Mm -hmm. getting, like, do you remember when we were were little and like we'd watch our, our grandmas, like our bubbies and, you know, they would get dressed up and put a skirt on and put their jewelry on and like put themselves together. And that's probably my earliest memory of putting yourself together, right? To look a certain way. Yes. Beautiful, not negative, but putting yourself together. And then, but what did you, what like messages were you getting from your mom or your grandma or the women or or society that told you one way or another, how you need to look, behave, act, what were you hearing or seeing? So those messages, I don't think I got until I was in fifth grade. We moved schools. I went from 
one community to a different community. And we went from maybe like a middle class area to a, a higher, like a upper a, middle class, a upper middle. Yeah. Class. Like, so Alana and I went Thank to you. similar schools. I went to Beecher. She went to orange. Beecher was like, you have a tag hewer watch and orange was like, you have like a Rolex <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. So it was, it was even fancier. And yeah. the girls at least were, I can, cause we're the same grade. The girls needed to be super skinny and super pretty. And we're only given attention when they were those two things. Mm-hmm. Right. And so girls were, were hard. It was hard. Right. Yeah. What started shifting for you when you moved to that school? Like, what did you start to learn? That the girls were shopping at Saks and the Gap. And I mean, there's a huge difference between the Gap and Saks. Right. But I never went to the Gap and Saks. Like my mom took us to Best or Value City or and it was on principle. It wasn't that they couldn't necessarily afford the gap or sex. It was on principle. She wasn't going to spend, my parents weren't going to spend that on a 11 year old kid. I mean, it was ridiculous. So I, became- it's so funny that you say that because it is when you think about it, like, and, and this is not a judgment to anyone, because look, if you, if that's what you want, you know, do with your money. But when you think about it, like, I remember when my kids came home with LeBron's one day and I love LeBron. Like everyone knows yeah. that Carly loves LeBron. I said to my mom, like, those are $160. Like my boys are going to change out of those shoes in like three months. They're not going to. Yep. So like, yeah. what, what are we doing? Right. Like, so that idea that we needed to be at a certain level. Yes. Yes. And my mom just actually told me a story when I was visiting them last weekend, I was happier than a pig in mud because there was this jacket that I wanted. It was neon. It was like black neon and all the girls at school had it, but it was from Saks and she wouldn't get it for me because it was really expensive, but she happened to find it at like Woolworth or something like that. And it was a quarter of the price. And she had a Saks bag in the house from makeup or something that she bought. I don't know. And she got the jacket and she took the tags off and she put it in the Saks bag and she gave it to me. And it was for my birthday. And I was happier than a pig in mud because I thought it came from from Saks. So that is definitely my, like when things became uh, apparent to me, how things were supposed in air quotes, supposed to be. Okay. I have to ask you a question because I only have boys as a mother of a daughter who's 14, almost 15 in a minute. Yeah. How, how you're like, how is that with you now? Like, do you approach that with her with things and material and labels and all of that stuff? I am getting better at it. We were indulging a lot Things have changed in the last couple months. We have really pulled back with both of our children. Things needed to change. Are you able to speak about what, in whatever comfortable way you have, what made you shift your approach? So we're going through something with my, with, with our youngest and, and sometimes you use, you use things like clothing to make yourself feel better, right? not just necessarily clothing, but cars and shoes and jewelry, phones, phones, digital stuff. Yeah. All of it. Right. So, so you use things. It could be that 
as you get older, those things start to turn into other things, more dangerous things, but they could still even be dangerous as you get older because you can't afford those things, mm-hmm. right? You're buying them and you're it's buying unrealistic them. expectations, right, right? Right. You're buying them on credit and then you're in debt and you can't pay your mortgage and, and whatever. So anyway, the, the short story is we're not indulging anymore because they need to find other ways to cope. How does that feel as a parent? I mean, I I can relate because I definitely did that when my divorce happened and I actually feel zero fucks about it. I like, I'm so proud of myself. I think that this is like the best parenting move I've ever done is by saying no a lot because now when I give them anything, they're super grateful versus what's next. Right. How has that been for you? Much better. Because before I felt like a cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching. And like, trying to keep up, right? Like trying to, what, what was it like growing up with a sister? Cause I didn't have that either in terms of like how you looked and your achievements in school and attention. Like, what was that like? So we're really close in age. We're only 15 and a half months apart. So it was hard growing up because we were in the same age bracket. She was friends with my friends and I might've been friends with her friends. And even when we went to college, we lived together. So it was hard, but now she's my best friend. And I know that she's, she's there no matter what she's tiny. She's teeny tiny. She works out like a crazy person. She's probably half my size. Sometimes she offers me her hand-me-downs, which means they don't fit her anymore because she dropped a size. And then I look at them and I'm like, yeah, well, they wouldn't fit my right thigh, but thank (laughs) you so much. Has that been an issue? Are you okay with it? It was at first, but now my daughter fits into them. So I'm like, okay, have at it. (laughs) How did you get to a place where you were okay with being different? Were you compared or were your parents good about like not comparing the two of you? I think we were probably compared a little bit. My mom had a nickname for me when I was thicker for sure. My mom called me E the T, Alana the Tank. And it wasn't because I was fat. It just was because I... I was thick. I had thick bones and my sister didn't like she was, she's slight. But just let's be real. That was not like a sweet nickname like that. I'm sure that didn't make you feel awesome. No, it's followed me through my whole entire life. When I walk in a room, I'm thinking who's staring at my tuchus. Like, <laughs> um, yeah, no. It's, and it's, it's so not- interesting because culturally, like for example, Lots of black women and black men find skinny, nothing women to be unattractive and say like being thick is gorgeous and sexy Uh and hot. And it's like, Uh where did the disconnect happen? And why did we decide that it's not okay or acceptable or beautiful or sexy to be what we are and to have to think about like your ass while you're walking in a room? Right. Like how exhausting, right? I'm like exhausted. That's, I think, part of the reason why I like getting older because as I get older, those things are just not as important as they were when I was a kid. But it's not because society has changed. It's because your perspective has changed. Correct. Because you've been through so many hard things through stuff, scary stuff with your son when he was a brand new baby, scary stuff now and like, you see life and you're like, who cares? Like, right. When you're in the hospital and the, it's coding because your kid is in, you know, life and death 
Right. You're not like, oh my God, my ass. Right. Yeah. But <laughs> a little bit after he was born and he was, thank God, okay. You're worried about what your body looks like when yeah. you just survived your child potentially not surviving. Right. Which is right. bullshit. Right. And yeah. I've been there too. I want to ask you this question. You mentioned that you've come so far. What do you think has gotten you to the place where you went from a three to a nine to know what your worth is? Was it after that bad relationship? Was that like what empowered you? What What's changed? I think work in life. I just think life experiences. You know, I study Torah. I do. I take Musser. Tell everybody what Musser is. It's a study of character traits, like to, to better yourself. And that is super duper helpful. And so I haven't actually been in, in a while and I miss it a lot, but it, it feeds your soul. So that's helpful. And also I have a good, good support system with friends. I have a question. What How about is- you? Like, what about for you? For which one? Well, you just asked, like what's changed. Yeah. I remember I had broken my foot again and I thought I was not doing any more bad eating stuff because I had stopped being bulimic and stopped being anorexic after decades. And I was just like being restrictive and having all these rules and super exercisey and constantly like being on some plan. I was never on a diet because I didn't believe in that. I was just on like a way of life. I'm just not eating this thing. And I remember stepping on the scale because I did like every day. And being totally miserable about the number I saw, even though I felt good about myself before I stepped on the scale, going into the solitary confinement of my shower, getting that mean voice of now you can't have this. Now you can't have this. No more protein bars, no more this and all these like, like rules. And I remember thinking, this is it. Like I, this is, I looked down at my naked body and I was like, (laughs) if it doesn't get better than this, like what else is there? Like it's. I don't want to live like this anymore. I'm sick of this. And I actively went out and I got help and I, I got a coach and her name is Sarah. And it wasn't about like nutrition and exercise, even though we talked about that, it was about, are you getting what you want from what you're doing? And she yeah. made me throw away my scale. I don't get on the scale anymore. I haven't gotten on the scale in two years. It's not my business. What my number is. Yeah. Because guess what? Nobody gives a fuck. And I promise you when my son's sick and we're in the hospital, they're not like, Oh, ha- by the way, mom, how much do you weigh? They don't, that nobody cares, right? Like when the real thing happens and, you know, we're both parenting and I want to ask you this, how has being a parent of teens and tweens affected how you're approaching your own worth body voice stuff? I alluded a little bit ago to something that's been going on in our house for the last couple of months. And I think that in itself is huge. Um, and it's changed my, my self-worth, um, and how I feel about my body. How come? So, um, we can just say that you have a child that's struggling with something that we're not going to talk about because it's not our place to talk about it, but how has your child's struggles helped you improve your self-worth? So my, I don't know how to, how to describe it, that it's not important. So all of the things before that I was dwelling on and thinking about that I thought were important are not important. 
It's so true. Like when something massive happens in our lives, that is kind of like the wake up call or like if you ever do yoga or meditate and they hit the chime bowl. Yeah. That concept I used to study Buddhism and the concept of that life hits that chime bowl and it's like, wake up. Yeah. And that whatever it is that you get to deal with each thing that we get to deal with, like my friend, Emily, whose son is Rudy, what she has like a before diagnosis and an after of this is the stuff that matters. And now this is the stuff that matters and the stuff that mattered before that was such a big deal and the schedules and the, am I getting everything all together and all this stuff, none, literally none of that mattered. Right. Right. And I know now I'm never going to be that same person again, that person that I was before all of this is gone. Tell me what things you're going to no longer go back to that weren't really serving you anyways. I don't know yet. Mm -hmm. I love that. I bet you're not going to give as much of a fuck about the things that other people think. Yeah. how, How you're, how you're doing things. Yeah, it's true. Like Josh said to me, that's my husband. Well, you know that, but the (laughs) Josh said to me, he said something to me last night and in the past, I know it really would have gotten under my skin, but he said it. And I was like, huh, was that supposed to bother me? Am I waiting for it to bother me? Am I going to blow up about this in 15 minutes after I think about it? And I'm waiting and I'm waiting and I'm waiting and nothing's happening. (laughs) Why do you think it's changed for you? I was busy and I had no time to worry about it. I just, I, I couldn't, I had to deal with something else and I had no time to give a fuck. (laughs) I love it. Are you ready for lightning round? Sure. Okay, here we go. If you could go back to yourself when you were at your lowest, I'm going to choose when you were post having your last baby and that person said that thing and you felt yucky about your body. What would you like to say to her right now to yourself? I just gave birth and he's a beautiful human being and I how dare I let it bother me? Yes. Like how so, so, yeah. How could I let it bother me? My new phrase is there's no body shaming here. I love that. What would 80 year old Alana say to you now? It gets better every day. Just wait. <laughs> what does it mean to be beautiful? To wear a smile on the inside and the outside every day and shine and, and make not just yourself happy, but those people around you happy. Because I think it's really important that when you're happy and you mean it, that it's infectious, right? That other people want to be with you because no one wants to be with grouchy, crabby, cranky people. What does it mean to be a strong woman? So I look at my mom and my mom is definitely the strongest person I know. That's what it means to me. So you have to know my mom to know that. Tell us what that means for people who don't get to know her. She's tough. I mean, she's tough. Like she, she doesn't take anything. She doesn't take shit. That's what I wanted to know. She doesn't take shit from no one. Yeah. She doesn't take shit from no one. Not from my dad, not from my sister and I. 
not from, she hadn't taken shit from her mother, from her father, from her siblings, from, from nobody. And I don't want to take shit from anyone either. So what do you want others to say about you? I actually just had this conversation with my kids. I never want to burn bridges. I just don't want people to talk about me. That's it. So really, I don't need them to say anything about me. I have two more questions. You found out you have six months left to live. What do you want to do with the rest of the time? Just be with my friends and my, my family, my family and my friends and enjoy every day. I would go somewhere sunny where I wake up in the morning and I can walk in the sand and enjoy it. Last words. You get one piece of advice for every woman that's listening to hear. What do you want to tell her? Listen to your gut. It's always right. I love you. Oh, Carly, I love you. I'm, I, I really thought you were calling to, <laughs> in response to my message this morning. It was beautiful. Thank you for being such an example. I wish for you that you could know shit on behalf of yourself more. And I think that the longer you stick around and the more you keep practicing, you're going to do that because you do it on behalf of all of us. And I want that so badly for you. And I hope that your 80-year-old self God willing, our husbands will all be alive. But if we're all just the three of us living together, I hope that none of us are taking shit from anybody. (laughs) I love you. I love you more. No, I love you equally. Okay. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you are willing to rate, review, and share with your people, it makes such a difference for others to find it. And if you wanted to check out my memoir, Seconds and Inches, it's available on Amazon as an audiobook with me narrating a paperback and digital. I promise you, you will love it. Have an awesome day. And one more thing, there's absolutely nothing wrong with you.